0: Super stoked to have Distro kit sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Drops. Drops are an organ-based edible company and one of my go-tos when I am heading into the dispensary. Their consistency and price point keeps them in my regular rotation of gummies. I love their 100-milligram canisters that have the little 5-milligram bites in there. They make it easy to monitor dosage and not get unexpectedly blasted at some point in the day. The chill ones are my favorite. They're this banging watermelon flavor. And one thing I love about these edibles is that they taste great. Sometimes you get some edibles that pack a punch but taste horrible. And drops I have to be careful with because they taste so good that I just want to eat them like a bag of Sour Patch Kids. With drops, you can choose your edibles based on how you want to feel. That's possible because drops are made with live rosin, a solventless, full-spectrum cannabis concentrate. As a full-spectrum concentrate, rosin contains the full array of psychoactive compounds in cannabis, which work together to give each strain its unique effect. All of their cannabis is flash-frozen and processed into that live rosin. The flash-freezing prevents Plant material from decomposing and preserves terpenes that evaporate during traditional drying and curing processes. They come in 10 different flavors and strains to choose from, including several CBD variations. You can find Drops at your favorite local organ dispensary. Just tap into the link in the episode notes to find a supplier in your area. Big thanks to Drops for sponsoring this episode of the cast. Let's start the episode.
1: Down at the uh,
0: What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Tuesday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from. Leave a comment on a social media post. Tell a friend about the podcast if you're enjoying it. Check out the monthly playlist that I've been dropping every first of the month. Those are available on Spotify and Apple. And the links for those are in the episode notes coming at you every first of the month. Pretty spread out genre-wise there. Just kind of a snapshot of what I'm listening to throughout the month. Things that are making it into my DJ sets and whatnot. There's a bunch of other playlists up there as well so you can tap into those. I'm recording this a few days early than the the release of the episode, so um, I'm not really sure what has happened in the world. The whole thing could have uh, easily gone up in flames as I am leaving today for a week-long tour run with High Pulp. Stoked to get back on the road with them for a few shows. If you're in the Portland area, High Pulp will be playing on February 3rd at Polaris Hall. Opening for Pierre Quenders on this this whole run. Excited to see Pierre Quenders set. And uh, you can catch me over there on February 3rd. Encourage you all to come out and check out uh, what High Pulp is doing. Other cities on the tour, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Seattle. So uh, keep up with High Pulp to, to find out where those venues are if you want to come out to a show. And I am super stoked To get into episode 345, Portland-based vocalist and songwriter Julia Logue is on the show. I got to see Julia and her band play a couple shows last year and was super impressed with what she and her band bring energy-wise, and the compositions are solid, and... She's got a killer voice and it feels like she's got a lot of command on stage and this infectious spirit. This was the first time I had ever gotten to meet her in person. We had a great chat in her living room a couple weeks back. Had so much fun hanging with Julia and chatting about her music. Love getting to hear about her process. She just put out a brand new single called Fort which we will feature at the end of the conversation. Really stoked to hear more of what she's working on. She surrounds herself with some amazing musicians and producers. I'll put a link in the episode notes so you can keep up with Julia Logue, add her new single Fort to Your Playlist, and we are going to kick the episode off with a track that was my introduction to Julia's music. It's called Here We Are. This is episode 345. Let's do the damn thing.
1: You said, honey, I wish it was just you and me. So many people in this world that I can't hear myself think. I want a big house, a big car, and a Hollywood. That way.
0: into this thing
2: yeah is this is this a good distance I
0: think that that's gonna be like pretty all right okay yeah
2: is this better
0: that's probably better okay
2: I'll keep it a little (laughs) closer okay
0: you're doing great okay
2: I got it Um, my technique a little it's okay
0: (laughs) you're a singer yeah I can do this this is like your normal
2: yeah I'm just talking into a mic anyways so yeah
0: (laughs) well excited to uh to jump on the mics with you yeah I uh I guess I started hearing your name uh, around town like this this past year of mm-hmm. 2022 and i got to see you play live twice
2: cool Once okay. we, the first time
0: was at alberta street pub cool um i don't know how many times you played there last year but it oh, was i like, don't know
2: why i was playing there so much i mean it's it's really fun venue but for some reason i was just yeah i, s- there.
0: I was there the night that um yuck and sam's garbage bin
2: okay yeah show
0: was yes okay so it was like that situation and then yep. you played that mm-hmm. night that mm-hmm. was the first time i got to see you play and then i also saw you play at mississippi studios
2: okay cool the core game
0: base yes yes and both were super great
2: thank you i yeah. appreciate that yeah the core game base one was really fun and i just remember like right before that i had covid and was like I am literally dying. And so I was just so excited to be there. And like Mississippi Studios is a super cool venue. And yeah, that was a super fun show. I'm happy you were able to see that one.
0: I feel like that's like the big new, like added stress to everybody's situation is like, Oh my God, please. I don't want to get COVID before my, my show.
2: Literally. Yeah. Like I've, I've definitely been way more masked up the last two weeks. Like it's important to remember that like a pandemic is still happening for sure. But I think especially for musicians, it's like damn like I can't do this thing that I've been planning for months if I don't keep myself not sick you know yeah
0: I feel like you can always like yeah you always see the other musicians that aren't playing shows usually masked up at those shows because you're like oh they have a show next week literally (laughs) yeah like
2: you have to you have to stay healthy especially if like your body is your instrument you know like it can't be affected or else you can't do it so
0: yeah. yeah for sure But other than, uh, you know, seeing those live shows, I don't know like a whole lot about you or like where you where you come from. Mm -hmm. So I thought we'd uh, we'd dial it back to the beginning and maybe you can like set some foundation of how you have uh, honed in this this banging voice of yours. Um, So like what are your I don't know, early music memories or like what was your entry point into like either developing like taste for collecting music of your own or just, uh, you know, letting that, that voice go?
2: Yeah. Um, it's funny. Cause the last time I was home, my mom was like playing all these old tapes of me. I was probably like two and a half or something, just singing like fully like songs that would start somewhere and then they would go back and I would, and I would kind of sing the same thing, like not in any type of language, just kind of like And she would just sort of record it. And I feel like my mom always shared that with me that like, I was always kind of making songs up and she was like, this is different. Okay. Like, this is cool. And like, I have memories of that. Like I have, my parents were really sweet about taking like home videos and stuff. And I have videos of me like playing guitar and singing and just like being really little and just feeling it and being really passionate (laughs) about it. And Yeah, so I think my parents encouraged that. My dad's also a musician. Um, he's like into the arts. He was like the manager of an art store and he always played in bands growing up. So to me, I think that always felt pretty normal. And it wasn't something that I felt like embarrassed to do ever. I just always was kind of like, yeah, like I'd play out in our garage. We had like a drum kit that I would mess around with and I would use my dad's guitars and, um, he was always, you know, encouraging, but he also was like, you have to figure stuff out on your own too, because you know, you probably won't want to play exactly what I play. And, but I always thought it was really inspiring. And I still do like, my dad still plays music in a bunch of different groups. And I just think he's super cool. And he always talks to me about songwriting. I love to like hear his process and it's, it's very different from mine, but at the same time, like so many similarities and, um, and my mom just has great music taste and she's, cool gal too. And she's a teacher. So I feel like she just wanted to, you know, help me to do whatever it was that I kind of wanted to do. So that was kind of my experience growing up. And then I just, I always did choir. I did like my church choir growing up and uh, always sang with my sister as well. Um, She's not really doing like music stuff anymore, but I, I grew up initially just singing like harmonies with her like I always would just pick out the harmony not the the melody and so I start that's how I kind of started performing was with her and I would just strictly sing harmonies and we do a lot of like folk and country stuff because that's what she's into and then yeah I you know continued to do music through junior high high school Um, I think I started taking guitar lessons in junior high and I would just kind of mess around on like pianos and things like that I just I never uh I don't think I was thinking too much about it. I just was like I this is great you're I just love into this. it I was just into it and
0: uh nobody had to like push you towards
2: no yeah I was just like this is the best thing ever this is so fun like I love doing this um and I think that's kind of like the feeling that musicians are always chasing too is like to get back to that like because mm. a lot of other stuff gets muddled around it, especially if you're like your own management you're making your own merch or you're like doing everything it's kind of like am i even doing like the music thing anymore yeah. and like everything is kind of like not always about money but like you have to think about that cuz you also have to like make some money so you can keep doing it and so i think as i'm saying that i'm like oh it's a really good reminder like that you just love doing it and so to get back to that or whatever but um yeah so i did like you know i did musicals um wasn't super into like uh musical theater, but I just, it was a good chance to get on stage, be expressive. Um,
0: Never any like performance anxiety?
2: uh, I mean, I think I definitely got nervous. I think I wasn't, I wasn't uh, super into the memorization of the lines, but I would really like push myself to do that. And um, yeah, definitely, definitely always a, a little bit of nerves. I think when I, and I, this still happens to me if I'm playing totally solo and I'm playing guitar and it's just me that feels pretty nerve wracking, but now I feel like singing is kind of just like, yeah, I'm nervous. And then I get up there and as soon as stuff co- starts coming out of my mouth, I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like in the flow of it or whatever. But, um, but yeah. And then I, I did like school of rock growing up. I did like a Led Zeppelin show and I was like, wow, I never thought I could sing like that. It was a lot more like uh belty and just learned a lot about the, the history of rock music and, um, that was a really good experience, really encouraging to be around those teachers. And uh, I met a a bandmate that I later played with in in college. And so that was cool. Again, like another experience to, to try to perform. And yeah, and then high school, I kind of just, I, I had already written my own music and stuff. Like, I don't know, probably like elementary school. Like I was always just writing little songs. Cause again, it was just sort of like my dad wrote all the time. And I was like, this is cool. Like I can, you know, I have, I have really old uh, recordings and voice memos and things like that. And it's just kind of cool to to see that I've always geared towards that. But yeah, in high school, I kind of started to decide like, I'm going to try to record myself and, you know, yeah. do this or that and started getting really into Stevie Wonder and uh, just like more soul based music. I was I was definitely like an indie kid. I was really into like uh, foster the people and like the black keys and, uh, just like all those, those big indie artists at the time, Boni Vera, I was like, I mean, I still love Boni Vera, but those were all really influential to me. But then I was like, let me dig a little deeper. And I started getting more into like hiatus coyote and things like that. And then that influenced my writing, but it was still kind of more like singer songwriter and went to college, didn't study music, but just always, uh, was playing music, had a band, Played as much as I could. That ended. Graduated into the pandemic. Uh, put out my own music, and then I was like, "Who am I going to play with?" And then, and then I found a bunch of people. So that's kind of some of the history of, yeah. of me. <laughs>
0: where, where was, uh, where's home for you?
2: Home is just Lake Oswego, just like right over okay. there. All right. Yeah, not yeah. too far. Not too far. Yeah, but I went to school in uh, Corvallis. Okay. So it's like I never really went too far away. And I think I was like, I need to move to LA or like, I need to, but then I found this awesome community here that kind of surprised me.
0: Did the, uh, the school of rock thing then like help you quite a bit, just kind of like identify that you did have some, some range you weren't aware of, or like, have you always felt like good about your voice or has it been yeah. like a slow build towards being confident? Right. In that?
2: Well, I think when you're a kid and you can sing, people, at least like, you know, family and friends or other kids, sometimes, whatever you get more of like a shocked response, like, oh my gosh, like you're really good at that or whatever. (laughs) And so I think I had that experience enough times that I was like, okay, like maybe I am good at this or something, but I think I've always had a voice of self-doubt, like even, even as a kid, maybe not so much as a kid, I think we're pretty confident as children most of the time, but I've kind of like yeah, but are you actually good or like, are people just trying to be nice? Like what, what is really the truth, you know, there, but, but yeah, again, like I have really amazing parents and I feel like they were encouraging of me and, um, and yeah, but school of rock for sure was like more, uh, technical performance type, uh, ability. Like I, I always did choir, like I said, and was like, had that kind of classical training from that in terms of just like, knowing how to control your voice and how to warm up all that type of stuff how to you know read solfege and things like that and um i also played viola from like eight to like eighth grade i it's it's alto clef which like doesn't really work for any other instruments i think like mandolin maybe but like
0: i don't even know what that means
2: it's just (laughs) like a you know like treble clef versus like bass clef bottom line is I don't think I ever really learned how to read it, but I played viola for so long. I just, I kind of saw both sides of like the classical realm. Yeah. My dad playing like rock music. And then I like had that kind of, uh, technical performance, you know, music history of like the great rock legends, like yeah. that type of stuff. So I feel like I had a good, a good mix of things in it and a, uh, and a good perspective of like, there's a lot of different types of voices and there's a lot of t- different types of, um, Performers and backgrounds and uh, kind of figuring out like where you fall, where you want to fall. Do you want to be someone that gets up there and and belts? Or do you want to be someone that like draws people in? Or do you want to do both? Like, um, so I think that gave me some good like perspective on that early. Yeah.
0: Where do you feel like you're at, like with that now, like kind of identifying like where you do want to be with it?
2: That's a good question. I think with what i'm doing right now it's it's a little bit of a mix of both i think i try to think about what type of performance production performance anything like that like that will get across uh the feeling the best and sometimes that means that it's not going to be um necessarily the audience's favorite thing to watch maybe Maybe some people will connect with it a lot, but I I kind of can't think about that. I have to be like, what is the feeling, right? Because I think I used to, in college especially, be like, okay, what what will the people want to dance to? Like, what, yeah. what are they going to get into? And I think there's something to be said about that because that is fun to kind of watch a performance and <clears throat> it's just up the whole time and you're dancing and you're having fun and whatever, but if, if audience can, if audiences can be attentive and they can lean into like where the performer is trying to, to channel them, uh, you know, feeling wise, emotion wise, I think that that can be really powerful. And so I try to, again, yeah, just think what is going to serve this feeling best. Like I am just a channel, like what is going (laughs) to fuel this, you know? So, so I try to do a little bit of both, but I definitely, I don't know. I, I love Elliot Smith, but I also love like Jasmine Sullivan. Like I have a pretty wide range of singers that I respect. And I, again, it's just the feeling that you're trying to get across and how effectively your vocals do that, I guess.
0: Yeah. I think it's helpful too. when you have like a, a very wide input to like draw from and not that necessarily like you're trying to steal things from that, but at yeah. least it's like informing Yeah. what you're writing in some way. It's seeping in mm-hmm. and like, I don't know was there ever a time in your development where like you were doing like a lot of flashy like vocal climbs and stuff like as you were like discovering that you could do that stuff and like yeah.
1: kind of getting
0: hooked into that world cuz to me like when I see you like perform mm-hmm. or like hear your stuff on recordings mm-hmm. I'm just like you can obviously like do that shit all day if you want Thank to you. but it's that. like it's way more impactful to me that you like are more, I don't know, just like intentional of like when those things right. happen and you know, like right. it's not happening throughout the whole song or mm-hmm. even like every song, mm-hmm. but there's like these moments and it's like, Oh, that's, right. all right.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think like what you said is right on the nose is like, it's about intent. And I think, I think, I think a lot about the production and also the performance aspect, because I think, think those both require different type of different types of intent but intent nonetheless like it's cool to learn how to restrain yourself a bit because when like you said those moments come to do a run or to belt or whatever it it feels like oh wow like it's sort of like if you watch a uh you know guitar player any any you know anyone that is on stage and they're just going hard the entire time you're kind of like all right like we understand
0: you can do it you can
2: do it (laughs) and that's cool but is it like serving the song and I think yeah sometimes yes like again I'll go back to Jasmine Sullivan like she is just the whole time runs going places she's belting it's literally perfect and it's it's so there is intent behind it right but it's just I don't know it just really depends and for me I think in college, I didn't have a lot of restraint on that. I was just flexing left and right just to see to push it. You know, it's kind of like when you have like a little kid and they have to sort of push the boundaries to know like what's appropriate and what's not. And I remember I had a bandmate being like, you, you sound really good, but like it's happening all the time. And I remember during that time being like, damn, like that sucks. But I understand (laughs) now kind of that restraint more and I think also working with Justin who's my housemate who produces um, a lot of my music too and plays drums for me as well we talk a lot about that because he is very into the nuance of music and kind of yeah that intent that decision-making of you know why are you doing it there what is the purpose and that's made me more aware of that as well so yeah it's a a good question though
0: is it easy for you to like hear the criticism or like the thoughts of uh the people you're surrounding yourself with that you're making the music with and like has that taken time for you to like hear the other like voices that like maybe interrupts like that initial vision you had for something
2: right yeah like this this band that i was in in college i think No, no hate. It was a great group and stuff, but we were definitely not on the same page in terms of what we were looking to do. And I think I don't really just halfway go into stuff. I'll definitely fully throw myself in. And so I was like, this is going to be my project. This is going to be the thing. But yeah, it was, there was criticism there from all of us. We all were kind of like, it just wasn't quite right or this or that and I feel like part of the reason why I was like I'm gonna just totally do solo music now uh I mean and I say solo music with a grain of salt because I work with uh my friend Mitch Glad who was also in that band mm-hmm. and then obviously Justin and they help me to uh produce the songs that I write and then they also will write as well and we'll kind of do like more of a collaborative thing but they are more on the same page with what I'm going for and I think that's why we work so well together uh, is because there isn't a ton of I mean, they're going to say something if it's not their vibe, but I think they trust my vision and I trust their vision. And I have been singing for a long time. So I feel like I am starting to feel pretty confident in the choices that I make too. So it, I'll be kind of stubborn sometimes if I'm like, no, because this is, this is the thing that came to me. And I feel like, and, and Justin's the same way. And Mitch is the same way too. Like if they have this really strong idea, they're going to push for it because back to intent. There's like an intent behind it and they want that to come across. So, um, so yeah, less pushback now for sure. And more just internal, uh, self-criticism and learning how to kind of cope with the, you know, perfectionism and yeah, all the rest. Yeah. Discerning
0: between, uh, <clears throat> like what is like what you really strongly believe in yeah. and like what you can let go. Yeah. In, what, you an let idea. Go,
2: what you can let go, what you can, uh, figure out is actually maybe just you being anxious or you know whatever else but it's hard to sift through sometimes you're like what is it i don't know but yeah.
0: so if i ask you or like some random person on the street mm-hmm. asks you like you're a musician like what is your instrument like is it mm-hmm. your voice is that your like is that what you feel like your your go to yeah you know, main instrument is. is.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say it is, it is voice, but that's always like a hard one for me because I do feel like while playing an instrument and singing have a lot of similarities, like they are very different and I respect them both very deeply individually. But yeah, I would say definitely like voice is my main thing and uh, I'll, I'll write with guitar. I would really like to start playing guitar more live because I think that's a an aspect that not a lot of people have seen, at least in the Portland scene. So I'd like to introduce that. And it kind of makes me feel more connected to the start or the truest form of the song, which most of the time starts with me playing guitar and singing. It's usually like a nylon string guitar or my electric, but... I'll write on piano as well. I just, I would never tell anyone that I can play piano because like I definitely cannot. But I, you know, I, I think it's fun to write and play on different things and that can, that can change the trajectory of the song completely too uh, depending on what you start uh, instrument wise playing on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like you can always, uh, <laughs> like if you do know that like something's like piano driven or keys driven, yeah. like from a writing standpoint, like opposed to, guitar or if like mm-hmm. somebody's like writing something off of like a drum loop, like mm-hmm. all of those things usually feel pretty different,
2: super different. Yeah. Super different. Like Fort, I was going to say initially, like the writing and the the singing that, that started that was, I mean, I, I should try to dig and find it. I, I'm sure it's on like garage band or something, honestly, I'm not even sure if I had logic yet, but It was some type of drum loop that I just found on Logic. And then I think I, I don't know, I I may have found some type of piano online or I I don't know. I can't dig back. I haven't been able to find the like original file for it. I might have a video recording, but, but yeah. And, and the nature of that produced something that at times feels a little bit more, uh, I'm not, I don't want to use hip hop, but there is a little bit more like rhythmic singing going on. Absolutely. And so I think if I would have, you know, began something like that with just guitar or piano like it would have been completely different and yeah and I mean then that song completely changed once my friend John Luke came into the picture and I he had like a completely finished drums and piano thing that he had made that I was like oh this fits exactly with what I was already singing like I'm gonna we should make this a song together you know so yeah that's that's a really good question though or like a thought is just it affects it so much honestly how you're going to sing it and how the other players are going to uh be incorporated i guess yeah yeah
0: just bringing out different things out of your voice and yeah. your delivery and turns of <laughs> phrases and shit like that
2: totally yeah
0: is there uh like will you ever like kind of like force yourself to write on a certain instrument then too to like see what comes out of it or if you or is it more like oh, i'm kind of like not really finding anything on guitar today like maybe i should Shift over to the keys or
2: yeah, yeah, like I think um, the stuff that I've been writing recently is definitely more like nylon string based uh, bare bones kind of sad, uh, but like that feels true to me as well, just because that's you know how I've been writing things since I was in like junior high or whatever but yeah, sometimes I will switch to something where I just start on Logic or I'll do like I have this little MIDI keyboard that I'll use and I'll just try to create something weird from that. And I've realized that that's super fun for me, too, is to just kind of skip the unplugged part and just create kind of more of a a loop that I can sing on top of and add crazy harmonies and uh, use kind of more. I don't know, modulating sounds and stuff. I feel like that's super fun for me uh, to write on top of. And yeah, it produces something completely different too. And I think melding those two things would be awesome. So it kind of, it sort of leads itself. It's like, yeah, if if I feel sick of playing on something, then I'll just naturally go towards that. But I don't think I ever actively am like, we're going to try to write something on, you know, this or that. But I think that's cool that some people do. I just, I think I just don't really think about it as deeply maybe as them.
0: Yeah. And like, since you are usually, you know, just like writing on guitar, those initial ideas, is it pretty clear to you like what something can sound like with a full band or like what you want it to sound like, or is that just kind of like digging in with Justin and figuring it out or Mm -hmm. like
2: Yeah. So I don't know the, the first EP that I put out, it was like, I had a really clear vision for how I wanted drums to sound and bass lines and, and things like that. But, uh, I worked with two past bandmates on that project and I trusted their flavor shout out Connor and Aspen. And then Mitch was actually the, the one who added keys to that and produced it and mixed it and stuff. Um, so that was a little bit more like control. And so I feel like these next songs were more of me opening up that process and trusting that I had found some people that like really got what I was trying to do. So I definitely have an idea of what I'm looking for, but I I relinquished some control. I would say that and was sort of like I get final say or whatever, of course, but that <clears throat> I trust these people and I know that they are understanding the general vibe of what I'm going for. But yeah, I think if I'm if I'm starting writing on keys, I'll usually go to Mitch to produce that because I just know he has a really vast understanding of keys and also plays himself and that he'll be able to play what I was trying to play like a million times better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I would say it is like collaborative. Yeah, like it's not something where I am like, no, you can't do that. You can't do this. It's sort of like, well, let's try this. And then, and I don't know, I consider that songwriting It's the formation of, yeah. of the song, even if I, like, you know, had the bass idea or whatever. Um, yeah.
0: How different is it for you to, like, I guess, work on your development as a vocalist versus, like, playing an instrument? Like, developing your guitar chops yeah. versus your vocal chops just because... I mean, you, you have to generate that sound Sound like an instrument to do it.
2: That's an interesting question. See, now we're going to hear this loud. Um, Yeah. My uh, heating vent is quite loud anyways. uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely different. I feel like vocals, obviously, since that is the thing that I started on and have, I would say more confidence in, it feels more free. It feels like probably how I imagine, you know, anybody who has played an instrument for a super long time feels where it's just sort of pouring out of you and you're not really thinking that much about it uh but for me yeah definitely guitar playing it in front of other people especially the people that I play with that are amazing are so good uh even though I know that they wouldn't be judging me I'm definitely like shit like I need to I need to sound good I don't want the audience to think I sound bad there's just like a lot more insecurity around like the guitar and trying to play other instruments and things like that. But it's something I want to overcome because it's a little bit of a challenge. And uh, I think holding down that space would be just like another layer of adding some uh, personal touches to the performance too. And yeah, I think something to remember as well is that, even if someone else could maybe play it better, (laughs) they're not going to play it necessarily how you would play it, you know? And I think there's something so beautiful about singing and playing at the same time, like the way those two things work together and the way that it affects the way you're going to sing it too. So, so yeah, I think it's a very different process and it's a lot more daunting for me to sit down and, you know, play guitar, try to work on scales, all that stuff. I remember doing guitar lessons and just being like, I have to be really good at this. I think that's part of it is that I'm like, well, if I'm not really good at it, then do I want to do it in front of other people? (laughs) Which is fair. Like, you know, you want to give people a good show and and I totally get that. But there are aspects that I think are special and are worth, you know, showing people. So just trying to be a ripper by the end of 2023, basically. yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is the goal.
0: Is there like a lot of consideration for like the physical shape, though, as far as like your your vocals? Like, I don't know. It just feels like.
2: Like, do I think about how I'm projecting and things like that? Or I
0: think more just like. I don't know. Like you have a show coming up in two mm-hmm. weeks. So are you like constantly thinking about like the, the condition of your voice um, and like, is there anxiety around that? Or even thinking about like, like touring can be exhausting yeah, for anybody. For sure. But like, if you're playing an instrument, you mm-hmm. know, obviously you have to be in the physical shape to be able to play drums or <clears throat> to play guitar and like move around on the keys mm-hmm. with your like physically, Yeah, but you're still not having to like draw within inside somewhere to produce this sound. So Right.
2: Okay. I get that. Yeah. There definitely is consideration of that. Like I know that I need to sleep a lot this week uh, because that is one of the biggest things. I know that when I'm sleep deprived, I do not sound great. I also, you know, I have allergies. I have all these things. I work at a school like seven days a week. Eight-hour days, so like I'm keeping <laughs> a mask on me. In a oh yeah, just cesspool a cesspool of germs. of germs and children. God bless them, but uh, but yeah, it's not the cleanest environment. So there definitely is consideration of that, and just being like, I'm not gonna go to these social events because I just know no one's gonna be wearing a mask, and I'm not gonna put myself in that place. So yeah, I would say there definitely is more consideration of that, and the other thing too, which is difficult, is like if you're not in a good headspace, I mean, I think this can be said again for any instrument, but it just really comes out more if it's coming out of your literal body, is, like, if you're super nervous or you're super stressed before a show, at least for me, maybe other people are better at covering it up, like, it's not going to sound as good. So I feel like I do have to work a lot on, you know, grounding myself and all those, you know, fun mental health things. Like, I got to keep myself feeling good and like protecting my energy and uh yeah like I think that's all a part of preparing for the show for me for sure yeah
0: and as far as like I know that the goal is to like develop to a point where maybe you are playing like more guitar Mm -hmm. in the live show but is there a lot that you appreciate about not being super tied to an instrument during the live show yes
2: yes I feel like you know when we're super locked in as a band I just know all of those guys that are up there with me are first of all, so good at what they do. But second of all, like I have this support system behind me that's going to catch me and I can be as free as I want with what I'm doing vocally. So I think that's really awesome. And I, but I really look up to people obviously that can do that and play and whatever. I just think that's like really amazing. And, um, but there is something to be said also just about being able to move around. And like, I really like to interact with the audience. Um, You know, there's nothing wrong with being a little bit more of like a stoic performer, but I think I'm feeding off the crowd for sure. And if the energy is not there, like I'm going to try to bring it. So it's just like a lot of output of energy. And I think having an instrument in front of me sometimes would maybe cloud that a tiny bit for me just because it's not super comfortable uh quite yet for me. So yeah, there is definitely aspects that are nice, just like movement, energy, uh, focusing on one thing and like just focusing on doing that really well.
0: And I think it's pretty like clear in the live performance to me, the the couple shows that I, I've seen you play is that as far as, you know, leaning into the performance, mm-hmm. it feels like you're having the most fun than anybody else in the room, which is like so (laughs) contagious. I think like whether there's like a hundred people in the room or 20, right. You know, I think that that's like, yeah, super important.
2: Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I'm so happy it comes across that way. I feel like I'm a pretty like goofy person. And, uh, yeah, like I don't try to hide that on stage. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm having a good time and I'm trying to give you guys a good time too. And like, everybody's going through so much all the time, like including the people on stage, you know, it's like a nice respite to kind of be like, let's all just enjoy this together. I'm having a good time. I hope you guys are having a good time. Cause yeah, I don't know. Performing is like one of my favorite things to do, I think because it puts me in that, that, uh, you know, this all just sounds so cheesy, but it's just true. It just puts me in that kind of like flow state, you know, like I'm not thinking about how I look. I'm not thinking about, uh, you know, the stressful thing that happened yesterday because it requires like a level of presence that as soon as I am out of that, I'm going to mess a lyric up. Like I'm going to mess something up and I've done it before where I've literally been on stage and been like, I should have eaten before this because I am so <laughs> hungry and we're at the last song and I'm just really trying to be in it, but like, damn, like, Ooh, I am so hungry. And it takes me out of the song for a second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's ADHD or what that is, but I mean, probably, but, but yeah, like, it's just such a beautiful thing. It's so like, you can feel the energy on stage. You can feel the energy in the audience. Like there's nothing like it. I love it. It's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah.
0: yeah. And yeah. You ever have those moments where you're like, you feel like you're crushing it mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, now I'm thinking about crushing it. Now I'm now yeah, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> to be honest with you, I
2: think the moments that maybe I'm quote unquote crushing it, I actually <laughs> am probably not thinking about it that much or I don't even necessarily realize that moment happened until maybe like the song is finished or right after. Because again, like I'm just really focused on, you know, what would be the best... No choice or you know uh run or whatever like and it's like I am thinking about it but I'm not it's like a subconscious thing yeah. so so yeah kind of a little bit of both I'm like oh I guess that was kind of good like after the show <laughs> maybe maybe I'll think that
0: but it's nice I, I feel like you know just observing it it feels like you're in it and like you are very appreciative of you know, those music breaks of like being impressed by your bandmates. I'm
2: so impressed, (laughs) like truly the whole time. Cause they always are pulling something out that I'm like, come on now. Like that's, that's crazy. Like I am just so impressed by them and, uh, their abilities. And, and I also, I want the audience to recognize that too. Like that these people are so good and that they should, be present for that. Like I'm being present for it, literally on the stage, being like, wow, this is so cool. Um, I just I sang uh Here We Are, my one of my songs with uh Yuck at the 1905, and they kind of, you know, uh reharmed, re-remixed it a little bit. So like on stage, I kept going,
1: Woo! Like, <laughs> oh, whoa.
2: Like I was actually that's surprised amazing. and shocked. So I mean, that's <laughs> another reason why it's so fun, though, is because it feels like we don't ever do exactly the same thing. So yeah, but I'm happy that comes across that I'm having a good time. Cause I think that I, I really am. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It feels very like authentic. Like good. it doesn't feel like you're just like wooing to woo. You yeah. Know, yeah like, no, I'm like, no, she's really feeling. I'm it. very <laughs> excited.
1: yeah <100%. laughs>
0: So how does, uh, on the flip side, as far as recording and you know, your vocal takes and things mm-hmm. like that, does it feel like very different spaces to you? Like when you're recording in the studio versus the live show and like is it harder for you when there's not an audience there or is it Mm -hmm. easy for you to like turn it on and slip into like recording
2: mode right um it has been a big learning process um you know I would I would record myself and probably honestly in junior high I was already kind of trying to like record myself and and then you know through high school whatever and it that that's how I do my demos is I'll just be by myself and I'll record with my equipment and yada yada yada, but but, yeah, this process has been different, I think because I've felt like I really want to have something to show, having that pressure of kind of already thinking about oh uh, damn, like I hope this is good enough kind of thing, and working on getting that out of my mind and instead of being like, well, you know, I feel like people including myself we need to like learn how to value and trust our intuition a little bit more because it's kind of like the only thing you have a lot of the times is like you know well does it sound good to you because like a million people will be like this sounds amazing but it's like if you don't think it sounds good at what point are you gonna keep doing the take or can you trust that like no this this is good you know um So I feel like trying to figure that out and be like, am I just really hard on myself? Which, yeah, that's definitely true. Or like, is this just not feeling right? And having um, a producer like Justin who, you know, just recently we finished a song and I was like, the BPM is not right. It's not hitting. And I think we need to redo the whole thing. And having him not be like, oh, my God, like. He's like, okay, yeah, like he's there to serve the song in yeah. whatever way and he he trusts my my vision and my ear and uh same thing with Mitch. Like I just know that I've realized that I am not asking for too much and I think that's something that a lot of uh, you know, I hate to bring it to to gender, but here we are. Uh, you know, women in music need to be okay with asking for what they need. Yeah. And to not feel like they're imposing or that they need to make themselves smaller because I think that that interrupts the, you know, the creative process. It takes trial and error. And it's important to have people around you that are like, okay, yeah. Like, even if they're like, that is going to be so much work and oh my God, let's do it. You know, let's figure it out. Yeah. Um, to so, not,
0: uh, not immediately jump to be like, she's just being a diva yeah, about oh, exactly. this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No. And
2: that's, and that's the thing I realized, like, I have always been afraid of, of coming across like that or being, you know, a being too much, being too big, whatever. But I really do feel like I have found a community and a group of um, people that I really trust to make music with that know that that is not true. Like, I don't, I don't even know if people have thought that about me or whatever, but I think that just kind of inherently, you know, being a woman who, uh, sings and, you know, does a little bit more of like belty stuff, whatever. That's like a connotation, you know, with, with that type of performer. But I also don't want to box myself in. Like, that's not all I do. I also, you know, do other stuff. So it's kind of more of a, um, you know, a self-judgment and then a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're like, oh, I don't want to come off this way. And then yeah. blah, 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 blah. So, but to circle back around to what you actually asked, uh, performing versus recording. Yeah. Recording is much more of like a self-critical kind of intense process for me. And I am very picky and precise about takes. And Justin has done, I think he did all of the vocal engineering for, uh, the stuff we're working on right now. Uh, But he is also super like picky and, but, but at the same time focusing on making it sound human and real and all that stuff, that's still really important. But yeah, like he keeps me focused and sometimes it just is not your recording day. You know, sometimes you have to just be able to be like, it's not coming out today. It doesn't sound good. And we got to move on, which feels hard because you're trying to be productive and get stuff done. But there's always something else you can work on instead of that. So and then performing is just way more like free and lots of uh, just like special moments that can happen that, you know, sometimes I'm like, I wish these were all recorded (laughs) because what did I do? It was so cool. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: and you got the audience to draw on that energy. Yeah,
2: that energy is just like it's just so awesome. Yeah, it's it's something that you can't get with recording, but recording has its own, uh, you know, beautiful moments, too, of discovery and you know last minute like oh let's try this type creativity so yeah. so yeah
0: you can do shit just like punching one word in yeah exactly do live. a
2: syllable right. like <laughs> it gets pretty yeah crazy um <laughs> but yeah
0: is there uh i don't know are you someone that will just like hammer away over and over at at vocal takes or like do you is there You're like, all right, we've done 10 of these. There's got to be like something good within these 10 takes.
2: Yeah. I think that uh, I'll figure it out pretty quickly. If it's like I said, like if it's going to be a day where this is not happening or if it's going to be a day where, yeah, I do many, many takes, but there's, there's something good. There's one always that is like, this one is really strong and then we'll pick and choose from the other takes, whether that's literally, oh, I don't like the sound of this P or this S is wrong or whatever or you know this word that kind of thing like comping Justin and I are both getting fast together at doing that and then he'll go in later and he'll be like uh yeah no I hate the sound of this s he will do all this stuff he's so precise it can even be you know the um this word was said a little too late and then we'll like move like it's so like but that's kind of the yeah like you said the beauty of of the recording Process. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of takes. I'm definitely like, it's gotta be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But also human, which is hard, you know? You want to sound precise, but also it's about the feeling. It's yeah. About the feeling. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the, I don't know, that always seems like the difficult part of mm-hmm. like, how do you keep capturing that feeling when you're on take 20? Like, no, totally. Can you still dial it in? Totally. To like whatever sparked that initial yeah. idea. Yeah
2: sometimes you just got to walk away for a little bit too, give yourself a break and then come back to it. And usually we'll do like a full day of recording for a single song. And, um, you know, maybe that's just main vocals depending on how intense the song is, but maybe that's, you know, we also hit the harmonies or whatever else. Um, But I mean, I, yeah, I definitely need to get some, I mean, Yuck and uh, uh, Sam are going to do a little bit of singing in this, this next show, but I definitely need to get some, some backup singers to really like have people hear the full Mm. production idea because there's so much harmony and, and just kind of, I don't know one of the songs back of the party has these very like D'Angelo or not back of the party, sorry, don't have the words, has these very like D'Angelo-esque harmonies in the back that I feel like adds so much, but I would just need some very devoted, like, probably women singers to, to achieve that. So we'll, we'll see if I can accomplish that in the future. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm assuming that like would just, uh, draw more into that, the impact we were talking about of just like the vocals in the live sense.
2: Totally. Yeah. Uh, just kind of bringing, bringing the full idea to the stage, but it's never going to be exactly like the recording. I think, I mean, unless you're, you know, tame Impala or whatever, that sounds literally exactly the same live (laughs) as it does you know, on his recordings. But, but yeah, sometimes it's cool to have it not sound the same and to have it be a little bit more open and uh, free. And, but yeah, just something I've been thinking about for a while. I'm like, I really need some just full on backup singers for sure.
0: Yeah. In in that uh, realm of things, like when you are recording and making you know, studio tracks, are you thinking about how it's going to translate live or are you just kind of like letting that situation be whatever it is and Mm -hmm. then you'll figure it out later as far as how that's going to translate live?
2: Yeah. Um, I think I do a little bit of both. I think, uh, I have taken off, you know, songs from the recording list because I'm like, I, I, this would be maybe okay, I would feel comfortable performing this alone in my room, but this, I would feel uncomfortable to play this in front of an audience, you know, so, but I think there's something to be said to about uh, content, and if you, you make a song for, you know, sort of processing reasons, and then later you realize, like, this maybe is just for me, that, that type of thing, that's when all maybe keep that for myself and be like, this doesn't need to be something that other people hear, but I'm happy I wrote it because it helped me process this or that. So I think in that context, yes. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I just know if it's a good, most of the time, at least for my music, if it's a good song in the recorded version, it usually will translate to the live version again, especially because of the players that I play with. And, uh, yeah, it just feels like, kismet that we all kind of connected. And I think I was just stoked that they were into the music and, um, wanted to shed it and figure it out. And, uh, yeah. So I think about it a little bit, I guess, but I, I just, it's worked out so far that they translate well live. Yeah. So.
0: Cause I also don't mind when things don't sound like the recording. For I think sure. that's like exciting too.
2: Yeah. Totally. In,
0: like I've kind of just kept going back to this thing. It's like, it's cool if it's different as long as it doesn't feel like something's like missing
2: totally i agree with that yeah like how are you going to fill it in if if these chunks aren't in there like the harmonies or whatever else and maybe that's more solos or more intricate bass lines or more i don't know higher voicings on the guitar um so there's there's definitely ways to fill it in for sure Yeah. yeah
0: And as far as like production stuff, are you someone that likes to like hang around the, the mixing process and voice your opinions or do you kind of just like to like do your parts and then kind right. of a step away from it? Well, you know, someone like Justin hammers away yeah. at it.
2: Yeah. I think, um, if I could control everything and be there for every single part of the process, I would, but I also respect like the way that other people work best. Um, and I think for Justin I mean, again, I also really trust him and he's made a lot of uh, great mixing and producing decisions thus far. So I feel like it's, it has been a lot of relinquishing of control and trusting that he knows far more than me about that. But yeah, like I kind of let him mix and, and do that on his own. And then it goes through a million, you know, mixing notes and this and that, and He lets me, you know, make whatever decisions or uh, suggestions that I have. And if he feels strongly, then he lets me know. And if I feel strongly, he like, I'll let him know. And, but yeah, so I think also just time wise, you know, I I work 40 hours a week and uh, Justin's doing his stuff full time now. So it's like, if I could come home and just do that for 10 hours with him, yeah. But like, again, I'm, I'm lucky that I really trust him and I know uh, he does a pretty kick-ass job. So, so yeah, definitely trust him for sure.
0: Yeah. It's just another thing Then you don't have to like worry about getting in your own way too much. If you have somebody else that you like really trust. too.
2: No, yeah, definitely. the, The process of a lot of these songs have been, uh, you know, starting with me and then being like, are you going to accept help? And are you going to, uh, let these people in on this process? And I feel like it has definitely been the right um, choice for me. So I don't know, I think collaborating and all that is uh, a joy for sure. And I think some people don't work that way and that's cool too, but it definitely, if you find the right circle of people can open you up to uh, a lot of amazing experiences and um, just higher levels of production and mixing and performance than you probably could have done on your own, which is special.
0: Do you have any thoughts on uh, maybe like what's most informed, like your style of storytelling through lyrics? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. I feel like a lot of the times, sometimes I'll have sort of an idea and initially already in my head. And then I kind of just start playing chords or whatever else that I feel like kind of go with it. And I'll attempt to tell a bit more of a story but I would say uh, the stuff that will be coming out is definitely a bit more abstract, not to the point where it's like super, super poetic or something like that, but I, I love the part of music and songwriting and storytelling where it can just be interpreted in so many different ways. And um, like, you know, Napalm, who's lead singer of Hiatus Coyote is definitely one of my biggest influences songwriting wise. And I feel like she, you know paints a picture or whatever. Yeah. She it's so colorful. Her writing is so uh dense and uh there's so much texture to it and it's almost I mean this is the other part is lyrics are beautiful and they're important and I think you know you don't want to discount lyrics but I think that you could listen to her writing and and the music and her melodies and all that stuff without knowing what she was saying and you would still kind of get that saturated Beautiful textured feeling. Yeah. Um, the lyrics they just take it another level yeah. where you can pick you can pick it out and you can attach your own meaning to it, which I think is really beautiful. And like that's why I also love artists like you know Phoebe Bridgers and stuff. Who they're not she doesn't always paint an extremely clear picture, but she's essentially speaking to you in your ear, and you can hear every word. And it's like that is the main piece of, of the music. It's like the music is around it and stuff, but her lyrics are so vital and so important to the, the feeling of the song. So I don't know. I think generally speaking, it's a little bit subconscious for me. Like it just sort of comes out and then I'm like, Oh, those were interesting words that just sort of, uh, you know, appeared in front of me. And then I'll try to start kind of making sense of them because I think, they all are things that I'm thinking or feeling in some way, and super therapeutic to write. Obviously, too, yeah. because you're like, "Wow," or like, "Damn, that was really sad." Like, I guess I'm kind of going through something I didn't even really realize. <laughs> like, especially
0: um, like when you look back, like on oh, maybe something sure. you wrote like a year ago, whether yeah. it's like released or not, and you kind of just like go back through these,
2: yeah, these
0: writings to be like,
2: huh, huh, like, oh, totally. I can. I'm looking back to you know winter. 2022, And I'm like, Jesus Christ, she was going through something like <laughs> this is some sad music. But I'm also, you know, that's the other thing about even stuff, stuff that I'm working on, Um, you know, for songs that are going to be coming out soon are like. I started them, a lot of them in a really bad place or I was like actively, extremely anxious while writing it, but then I don't complete it until I feel better. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's like the really beautiful, cool, full circle thing for me is I'm like wow, like I was so depressed when I started writing this, but then I created something really beautiful. And I also, it's like a testament to kind of like the, um, I don't know, the troubled artist, whatever. It's like, yeah, but you're not going to finish that when you're not able to get out of bed. You know, like it it finishes itself when you get to the other side and you yeah. can kind of see and reflect more clearly and then, and then finish the song, you know? So I don't know if that totally answers the question, but just very, um, yeah, subconscious at first and then trying to piece together the thought or the situation or why I was writing it or, but then I, I guess I am starting to write a little bit more, uh, intentional sort of vignettes, I guess, is how I think about the newer stuff that I'm making, which is just like, what is the scene how did we get there and like what's the story Mm. that led up to it kind of which is a little different than how I've written in the past I'd say
0: yeah Yeah. is that are you more looking at things like piece by piece kind of like verse by verse and not worrying so much then if they like always tie together because I think that's like where that Phoebe Bridgers effect comes in where it's like
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it's like yeah this entire song like feels like it lives together but verse one and verse two feel like they happen in very different places or like
2: For sure. And actually, I feel like sometimes it's based off of a situation or something where, you know, there is a a story to the situation that's coming to mind or the person that's coming to mind. And so maybe like the first verse I'm singing about, you know, the person that's actively in the room with me and how that's feeling. And then, you know, we go to a chorus about the overall theme or something of, of this, this story with this person. But then the second verse is like a flashback to another, another time. We're not even in the same place anymore. Like, which then leads to cool ideas for like music videos and things like that. And I talk a lot about like color feeling mood, uh, with Justin too. And with, um, people that are working with me for like video stuff or photo stuff to kind of be like, what color is this? Like, is it foggy? Like, is it, I don't know, I feel like it just all plays into it. It's cool to think about like what universe does this live in, this story, yeah. this feeling. Yeah.
0: I think that helps like communicate to the other people you're collaborating with too. Yeah, like for if, sure. If they are asking you those questions. Yeah, like, definitely. It's gonna make sense to them if you're yeah. like it does feel foggy. Yeah, like, it does feel gray.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then that that changes how people go about like the sonics of the song or like the visuals or whatever else, you know. So it's all it's all tied together and that's like a super fun creative part that's a little bit outside of the original songwriting portion of it too yeah
0: is it difficult for you to write from like not your point of view but like try to tell someone else's story not like like I don't know you seem like a compassionate person who can like understand (laughs) other people's experiences but like is it hard to like try to push yourself to like write someone else's story in some way
2: well, okay, so this is something I've actually been thinking about a lot because a lot of my songs start with me like I'm almost speaking to another person and I'm telling them this, that, and the other thing. Uh, or I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm I'm not necessarily speaking to anybody. I'm just trying to, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to achieve something. Maybe I don't quite know what it is yet, but it's like I'm painting some type of picture that's wrapped around a message, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, then I always come back to being like, damn, this is literally just about me. Like, this is just me to me. Even if even if it starts with, okay, I'm thinking of this person and I'm telling them like how they should live their life or whatever. I'm <laughs> like, shit, this is literally just about me. And I think that's been a, a theme for a lot of uh, the music too, is just like, It's sort of like my higher self speaking to me in, in these songs. It's, it's, it's either like, I got you, it's going to be okay. Or like, we're going to make it through this, even though you're really sad right now, or like whatever else. Um, Or kind of like, you know, future self is, is the one that's speaking back. There's like a conversation kind of between the two different parts of me, which I feel like are. Someone who's like super self-critical, really hard on themselves, like trying to figure it out, anxious, blah, blah, blah. But then this other part that's like, you're going to be all good. Like I know actually what's going to happen and I'm confident and I feel secure and I know what your highest intent is and your highest this or that or the other thing. But, but yeah, I try to write sometimes from a completely different perspective or, you know, as a character, but then it's just me. It's kind of like when, you know how they say, when you have dreams, you're actually every character in your dream. Have you ever heard Mm. of that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I feel like it is. Even if I, I mean, you've probably heard this a million times, that they're like, write what you know, right? But you can't really write anything else, honestly. Like, even if it's not like, oh yeah, this is a character I made up. Like it's you though, because it's coming (laughs) from you and it's your mind. And, um, and yeah, so I don't know, maybe, maybe I will kind of try to, attempt more, uh, character based writing, but I just always seem to come back to myself. I don't yeah.
0: know. No, I mean, I think that that's probably like the truest way, so. way yeah. to write. Yeah. You know, I think it's like interesting, maybe writing exercise was, you know, pushing mm-hmm. yourself to like try the other way. But yeah. I think like, I also think what you're saying is very true that it's just like, it's all going to filter through like your perspective and your, your voice anyways. Yeah. So like, it's going to be hard to not bring your perspective into that situation, whether you're writing about somebody else's experience or not.
2: Totally. And I think I kind of feel that way about, I don't know, even cover songs or things like that. I think that's what's interesting about them is that people get to take their own interpretation, but we're all just coming through our own lens, you know, all the time, every interaction, Every moment of our day, like you can't possibly see it through someone else's eyes, I guess. Um, but that's also what is unique, and then and then you realize when all these people are connecting with your song that you also have no unique experience. No, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> that so many people have felt the same way, and and yeah, like that's extremely, uh, you know, connecting too. That's like the that's the thing is I'm like, okay, yeah, this is the best way I can connect with people is because I know that other people feel this way and it's cool that they can connect through music you know something like that
0: so when you think about um this most recent single fort being out in the world and like all this you know the newer music that you're working on now where do you feel like maybe you see like the most growth within yourself or like the most development as like where you started maybe even like looking back to the first ep Like in this like last few years of things. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Uh, I think I've given myself permission to uh, to slow down. And there's there's always a feeling, I think, when you're younger and you're trying to do art to like prove yourself kind of. But I think that feeling has dissipated a bit more. And it's kind of. It's kind of more about how can I put out a body of work that i am the most proud of and we're going back to intent that has the most intent behind it because people can see that i mean i know i do especially when you know something someone puts something out and there's all these factors that you can they don't have to explain it you can just see you're like oh wow like that there's a lot that went in behind that so i think i'm more focused on that and rather than you know, with my, my EP where I really felt like I had something to prove. I was like, just got out of this band. Like I want to do my own solo stuff. (laughs) I, I think we recorded most of that EP in like a 12 hour day. We just got it done, did it all, uh, put it out there. Still, still proud of it. Like I, I think it's, it's still cool and whatever, but yeah, I'm focused a little bit more on, um, and how little words can I make people, I don't want to even say understand, but kind of be able to sink into this, sink into this, uh, scenario, this feeling, this thing. Cause I think that's what really good music is or really good art is, is when you don't have to do a ton of explaining. So, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of it. And, um, again, started it in a very sad place, finished it in a good place, met all these great people, and I just feel like it's kind of time now to, to start releasing some of this stuff. So I'm I'm really stoked on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you've had some times to like some time to develop these uh, relationships with the, the people that you're yeah. working closely with. So I'm For assuming sure. that like your language with each other is just like, you know, next level and it makes yeah. it easier to create and get your point across and bring your vision to life.
2: Yeah, it definitely does. Um... I would say that's something I was nervous about coming out of college because I, I didn't study music. I took some theory classes and stuff, but um, I was nervous about communicating my ideas to people that I felt like were super deep in that theory world and stuff. But I know Yuck has talked about this before, but basically like if you, if you guys can meet each other uh, where you're at and kind of figure it out together I think that that's really important and they they definitely understand what I'm trying to say I mean Justin too because I don't I know some of the technical stuff with recording and whatnot but we talk a lot in uh feelings and uh you know like I said I have some of that technical lingo but that's so important is to be able to communicate in a way that allows for open creativity and like no judgment and um and I just I just love everybody I work with just great people and um can't say enough good things about them honestly
0: they're killing yeah everybody's killing um this has been super fun to jump on the mics with you and get to know you a bit and uh yeah get to hear about where this this music is coming from loving loving the tunes that you're thank you putting out especially like this new Fourth track, and then uh, there was a collab that you did with somebody else. It's it's the the Hurt Me track, yeah. Tom Fox, (laughs) I love that song, yeah. Thank you,
2: thank you. Um, yeah, I had been a fan of Tom's for a while. I think he's just a great producer. I love his voice, I just and he's also just such a sweet guy, like, just so so nice. Um, and yeah, we just decided to do a song. I don't remember when that one came out, like 20 was it 2021 20, maybe i don't know but uh we just started connecting via zoom and uh i actually like recorded all those vocals and stuff myself and we were we were both really into uh Corcovato, um just like um uh you know gilberto bossa type stuff and so that was kind of the originator for the influence of that song but uh, yeah, we made a little music video for that That started opening me up to doing more collaborations for sure And people should check out Tom Fox He's, he's great, he's killing
1: Tried so hard to meet you I didn't want to disappoint When I saw the light within you I knew it was amazing. To last. So why does it hurt so bad, hurt so bad, hurt so bad, hurt so bad, I was just beginning, just beginning. Oh, I was only thinning out for you, I could not resist it try so hard but I can't get the rules why don't you just listen yeah why don't you just give me permission hurt me you don't deserve me
0: yeah is that one of the the joys of maybe like getting to be a solo artist I know we've, yes. we've talked a lot about hurt like me the amazing musicians that you're surrounding yourself with and playing in the live sense, but is it Mm -hmm. like nice to be able to like jump outside of that and have like this collaboration over here and like see what that brings out of you?
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I love, uh, that freedom. And I think that is a joy about being a, a solo artist. It's, it's, It's interesting to, to say solo artists, I feel so connected to the band and the people I play with and stuff, but, but yeah, there is that sense of freedom and uh, a feeling of like longevity too, where I know no one's going to like leave the band and then it's going to be over, you know, it's like, this is for the long run for me. And I, uh, I want to just be able to keep, keep playing different types of music, keep collaborating with who I want, who I feel connected to. And, um, yeah, definitely that's a, that's a pro for sure
0: sure all right julia we're gonna play it out with fort okay that most recent single (laughs) from you and i'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can keep up with you and and all the the new music that you're gonna put out going forward and they can tap into the the stuff that is already available Um, we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show which (laughs) is it's a program it means absolutely nothing it's just a goofy way to end the show you can deliver it however you like. Okay. Um, it's just the way that my grandfather says the news program for some reason. Program. He says program. Okay. Um, so if we could get the the Julia Logue, yeah. it's a program. We can uh, okay. properly sail this thing out. It's a program. She nailed it, everybody. <laughs> this is super fun. Thank you for... Uh, thanks for getting all the mics with me, Julia. Of course. And uh, letting me pick your brain a bit about yeah, your, your, your you. process and super your, your tunes. And we're playing it out with Fort. Woo. And uh, that's the Jelly Jams And we will catch you on the flip <laughs> side Portland or wherever you are Listening from Cool, we did it
1: Yay! Feel good? I think so I don't think <laughs> say anything crazy <laughs> Building up A fall, Don't let them in Once you look Around you see that all were only paper thin. Scorched earth beneath my feet It crumbles just when I see the light coming down But it's not coming down on me Maybe there's seeds below that need water So they'll grow
0: a big shout out to distro kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast can't say thank you enough to distro kid for their longtime support of this thing make sure you go into the episode notes and find that distro kid link to receive 30 percent off your first year of membership making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you so make sure you take advantage of that you can also find the link in my link tree in my instagram bio Big thanks to DistroKid and the other sponsors of the show. Stay up, stay tuned.